Welcome to the Gainesville Vineyard Podcast, featuring sermons given at our church and community center located in the Lincoln Estates neighborhood in Gainesville, Florida. If you find these messages beneficial, if you're part of our community, or if you want to help support the services we're providing to Southeast Gainesville, you can text the word GIVE to 352-562-7771 to make tax-deductible donations. Here's this week's message. Hey everybody, I'm Mike Rayburn, one of the lead pastors here at Gainesville Vineyard. Thanks for tuning in to our Sunday live stream service. I'm glad to have you with us. I've got a handful of announcements and then I'll get into the teaching for today. First announcement is uh, communion. We're going to take communion at the end of this broadcast. So gather something to eat and drink and have that on hand. We'll consecrate whatever you have. It's fine. I've got a cracker and some tea. We'll consecrate those together as the body and blood of Jesus and take communion together. Uh, at the close of this service. Uh, next announcement is we are all still having live services at the Bull at 9 a.m. outside. I know it's warm. I know COVID's coming back, it seems, uh, but we're, we're still doing that. So you are welcome to worship in either format. This way that you're doing now online is fine. We're going to continue doing this. And we're having the same service, same more songs, same sermon, all that, uh, in person, outside, so it's as safe as we can be. Uh, outside of uh, the Bull, uh, our pub that Jacob and Jackie Larson own uh, in downtown Gainesville. There's a big tent there. We meet there at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings because it's not as hot then as we'll be later in the day. So uh, join us in either one of those um, as you're able to. Uh, next announcement is our grocery giveaways continue to happen every other week right now. So our next one will be on August 11th. That's not this Wednesday, but the Wednesday following at 11 a.m. So if you or anyone you know needs groceries, have them come at 11 o'clock. You don't really have to get there early. We've got everyone pretty well trained now. If you get there at 11, you'll be fine. We'll be able to give you a full load of whatever we have that day. And if you want to volunteer with us, volunteers come at 10 and set up. It's not that hard to work. It's like an hour, two hours tops. And you don't have to stay for the whole time if you can only come for part of the time. That's okay too. So we'd love to have you join us volunteering and we'd love to serve you groceries if you need some food. So uh, next Wednesday, August 11th will be our next grocery giveaway. Next announcement, I've got something coming soon. I don't want to say too much about it today, uh, but I need to I need to give it a, a pre-announcement because I've got to get you helping me with this. We, we're going to do this a thing this fall called Burning Questions. And at the heart of it, I'm going to be uh, trying to answer your questions burning questions. So if anything you've ever wanted to ask a pastor but were afraid to ask, uh, I would love to have you send that to me. If it's a theological question or an ethical question or religious spiritual question or just any sort of life question, whatever you got, um, I've created a Google form that you can send it to me. You can send it anonymous if you want to. You don't have to put your name on it or email address. You can if you want to, uh, but you are welcome to ask it anonymously if that creates a level of safety for some folks to feel free to share uh, their real questions. And uh, my hope is that I'll have a nice bank of those come in from y'all and then um, I'll start answering them. And I'll explain the format for that later on as we get closer. But I'm going to put the form up on, on Facebook uh, and in the email and I'd like to go ahead and start getting those responses so I can start working on my answers because I have a feeling if it's a burning question it might need some 
uh, some time for me to think through and prepare an answer for it. So burning questions coming this fall to Gainesville Vineyard. Help me out with that by sending me uh, your burning questions. Thanks. Um, last announcement is giving. There are three ways you can contribute financially to the Gainesville Vineyard Church and the GNV Bridge Community Center. You can text the word give to the number that's on the screen. You can go to our website, gainesvillevineyard.org, and click on the Give button in the upper right-hand corner. That's a great way to set up recurring giving if you'd like to do that. Or you can mail a check to our P.O. Box at the address that's on the screen. All your donations are tax deductible and they're greatly appreciated as we continue to do the work and ministry of our church. We've got a summer camp meeting in the bridge right now. Uh, they're learning to code things, so that's really exciting. And we're starting to, to hopefully, well, this new outbreak is weird, but we're hopefully going to start moving back into to more regular stuff uh, in the near future is our hope. Got some more exciting news coming down the pike, I think, but I just can't talk about it yet or I'll get in trouble. So I'm going to leave it there. Uh, but thank you for all of your giving. It helps us continue maintaining the, the space, the bridge, and paying for the, the things we have to pay for, like our salaries. Um, and we're really grateful to you for that. So thank you. Um, I'm going to move into the teaching for today. We've been in this series about tending the relationships that form our lives into friendships. And there's been a couple of those, like last week where I talked about Paul confronting Peter and them being friends and close friends and, and working together uh, in Corinth and in Rome. And I talked before about Paul confronting Onesimus, uh, confronting Philemon about Onesimus through the letter and, and really making Onesimus go back. Um, and and not, not only because of those two but some of the other ones, but also just this has been burning and growing on my heart for a while that part of what I wanted to share in this series about these nexuses of relationships and and turning them into friendships uh, is what I'm going to talk about today. And I've talked about it once before uh, since in the four years that we've been at Gainesville Vineyard. uh, When we did our our, our Fruits of the Spirit series, I talked about gentleness. And that's what I want to talk about today. Uh, Specifically, I want to talk about the power of gentleness. Uh, the power of gentleness to transform those relationships into friendships, to transform, to to strengthen those connections, that those nexuses of relationships into friendships. Um, so that's what we're going to talk about today. There's really three things I want to address. I want to address the need we have for gentleness, um, the power that there is in gentleness, and and how we go about practicing gentleness. Okay, and. Let's start with the need for gentleness. Um, Psalm 144 says this. It says, Lord, what are human beings that you care for us? Mere mortals that you think of us. We are like a puff of wind. Our days like a passing shadow. Like a puff of wind, like a passing shadow. We need uh, the Lord to be gentle with us. We need each other to be gentle with us. We need to be gentle with ourselves because we are fragile creatures, physically and emotionally and spiritually. Um, and I don't know about you, but I've been feeling rather fragile lately myself, uh, especially. And it, it's not just our fragility, it's also our calling. Paul says this in Philippians 4. He says, let your gentleness be known to all. The Lord is near. And I'm going to say more about this at the end, but I think it's 
uh, a specific calling that we have as followers of Jesus to let our gentleness be known to all. Gentleness is what we should be known for. And I know that's not always the message that comes through in Christian circles. I know some of you have been listening to the podcast about the Mars Hill Church, and and I'm not going to go into any of that except that you can consider this sermon my response to all of that. Gentleness should be the defining mark of every Christian. It should be the defining mark of our lives as followers of Jesus. I think scripture is clear on that. And I think we specifically need to talk about gentleness now because of where we are. We're in the midst of an incredibly traumatic time. And now, more than ever, gentleness is in short supply and very much needed. I'm going to put a quote up on the screen. I'm going to put a lot of quotes up on the screen this morning. And many of them come from this one book. Uh, But I'm going to put this up so you can see. Uh, There's a a French philosopher uh, named Anne Dufourmontel. And she wrote an incredible book called Power of Gentleness, Meditations on the Risk of Living. And uh, Ms. Dufontel really helps us think through this. So look at this. She says, when a trauma occurs, it defeats the very possibility of being a subject within it. Something devastating falls upon us, preventing us from being brothers. And yet that is when it is most crucial to summon gentleness. That's where we are right now. Um, The discussions that that we're having are seeing on social media where there's just a lack of gentleness and people arguing about wearing masks or not wearing masks or getting vaccinated, not getting vaccinated. Uh, Get vaccinated if you haven't already, please. But gentleness, even among Christians, is often in very short supply. And it's partly because we've gone through this collective, we're in the middle of this collective trauma as a society, as a world, and everyone's on edge. And now more than ever, gentleness is needed. And we, as followers of Jesus, are called to display that gentleness. And we need it. We need it from the Lord, and we need it from each other, and we need it for our own selves. Uh, It's what the psalmist is crying for in Psalm 57. Look at this. It says, Be kind to me, God. Be soft. Because with you my soul's blood finds protection. In the shadow of your wings I will wrap myself until the storm of devastation is past. I will call out to you the highest, the one who makes my journey's road complete. You send down help from the heavens and save me from the autumn chill that breathes down my back, Selah. You send forth kindness and truth. That is what we need from the Holy Spirit, is sending forth kindness and truth and wrapping us in the shadow of his wings. And we have to do all we can to let the Spirit fill us with kindness and truth and be those who walk through the world like we're wrapped in the loving wings of our papa. Dufour Montel says this, she says, in order to hope for gentleness, we must ultimately have enough strength. Occasionally we lose hope, wearing out gradually, silently. 
There are some blank lives that show no exterior signs of their own destruction, except that they consist of absence to self, to others, to the world. We don't know what the lack of gentleness causes. Words trampled, bodies mistreated, left lifeless, sucked dry, sad passions, but above all charred emotions, pure existential ashes that cannot be brought back to this side of life. In order to ignore this void, we fabricate satisfactions that we use as compensations. We have made exchange into a religion, yet we exchange nothing. What remains the most abrasive is sentimentalization, which in reality has come to hate emotion, because emotion is always also thought and encourages freedom. Our sensory receptors are brutalized. We collectively come to accept the unjustifiable. There is a brutality in the conditions of material survival. There is a spiritual and emotional desert where beings are trapped. The lack of gentleness is endemic. It has created a form of isolation as potent as a curse. No wealth, no sentimental reassurance can break it. Our need for gentleness is dire. Not just because of COVID. Our entire society is built around suffering and the manipulation and the demoralization and the exploitation of many, many people. How can we embody gentleness in this climate? How can we follow the way of Jesus and not crushing bruised reeds or snuffing out smoldering wicks? We can because while no wealth and no sentimental reassurance can break the curse of the lack of gentleness in this world there is a power that can there is a power of gentleness and it's the power of jesus he said this in matthew 11 he said come to me all you who are weary and burdened and i will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn from me for i am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I love how he's echoing Psalm 68 here, which says, Praise be to the Lord, to God our Savior, who daily bears our burdens. Jesus invites us to come and lay down our burdens and take up his yoke. And his yoke is gentleness. His yoke is humbleness of heart. That's what we're to carry. That's what we're to live out. That's how we find rest for our souls and walk through the world with rested and restful souls. The yoke of Jesus is easy and it is light and it is gentle and it is powerful. Dufour Montel says this. She says, gentleness has an astonishing connection to thought, to experience the world gently as if our senses were raw. Anxiety comes into the body when gentleness abandons it. Gentleness is calm. It radiates from the eye of the storm, witnessing its unchained forces and remaining untouched itself. Calm is the supreme power.
calm is a supreme power. This is what Jesus invites us into. He invites us to receive his peace and then to emanate his peace in our lives and in the lives of those around us. Dufour Montel quotes uh, a letter from Leo Tolstoy that he wrote to Gandhi. Tolstoy and Gandhi had a correspondence. And check this out. Uh, Dufour Montel says, The spiritual doctrine of Tolstoy is summarized as follows. Pay attention to this. The Christian will not dispute with anyone, nor attack anyone, nor use violence against anyone. On the contrary, he will bear violence without opposing it. But by this very attitude to violence, he will not only himself be free, but will free the whole world from all external power. Tolstoy preached the refusal to serve or obey bad government. Gandhi showed that he had retained this lesson when, to the detriment of General Smuts, he ordered Indians to challenge his authority through civil disobedience. The Christian will not dispute with anyone. We will not attack anyone. We will not use violence against anyone. We will bear violence without opposing it. And this attitude toward violence, we are free and we set everyone else free. This is exactly what we saw with Dr. King and the civil rights movement. This is exactly what Gandhi used, the same exact strategy uh, to free the people of India from British colonial rule. This is the power of gentleness. It's incredibly, incredibly powerful because it's not just an emotion. It's not just a feeling. It's an ethic. It's a way of life. It is the way of Jesus. The way of Jesus is the way of gentleness. Dufour Montel says gentleness is a formidable ethic because it is made a pact with the truth. It cannot betray unless it is falsified. The threat of death itself is not enough to ward it off. Gentleness is political. It does not bend. It grants no prolonging, no excuse. It is a verb. We perform acts of gentleness. It aligns with the present and concerns all the possibilities of the human. From animality, it takes instinct. From childhood, enigma. From prayer, calming. From nature, unpredictability from light, light. Gentleness is a formidable ethic. This is the way we are called to live as followers of Jesus. This is his ethic. And it's more than just an ethic. It's an empowerment of the Holy Spirit. As I told you a couple years ago, gentleness is one of the fruits of the Spirit. One of the fruits of the Holy Spirit grows in us. We don't possess gentleness any more than we possess any of the other fruits and gifts of the Spirit. The Spirit pours those into us, implants those into us, grows those into us. And when we display them, we're operating in the power of the Spirit. I know I sound Pentecostal because I am Pentecostal. We have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, will exude gentleness. And if we're not exuding gentleness, then we need more filling of the Holy Spirit. And even though Dufermontel, I don't think was a Pentecostal, she says almost the same thing. Look at this. She says, gentleness visits us. We never manipulate it or possess it. 
We must accept entering its tides, treading its hollow paths, getting lost so that something unprecedented may arise. You could say that gentleness lodges itself in this tenuous, fracturable space where what occurs does so with your consent, even though you can't understand or grasp it within the boundaries of your former self. That is a philosophical description of the infilling of the Holy Spirit. That's what it looks like when Jesus comes and transforms our lives. And we've become these gentle creatures that we weren't before and could not be otherwise. The power of gentleness is the power of the Holy Spirit. And it is the power to live the way of Jesus. And in practice, this looks like some specific things. Dufour Montel says, In today's age, it has become intolerable to withdraw ourselves, or else this withdrawal must be announced, scheduled, and registered. The secret garden is identified by a sign, which means it is no longer secret. Gentleness is in this withdrawal, which is accompanied by its secondary virtues, tact, subtlety, reserve, discretion, to not show ourselves to set ourselves aside and to guard ourselves are crowned by the last mystery that allows thinking a certain suspension of identity. I've been telling y'all for a while now that solitude and silence and withdrawal are important components to following Jesus. This is where we're recharged with gentleness if we're not practicing solitude, if we're not practicing silence, if we're not withdrawing, if we have to announce that we're taking a break from social media, if we can't just pull away from our own ego and our own identity, then gentleness can't find its way in our lives and through our lives like it needs to. Solitude, it's essential to being empowered by the Spirit and to following Jesus well. It's essential to operating in the power of gentleness. And it's more than just solitude and withdrawal. And this next one is probably going to be the most controversial that I share. But it also is an embrace of failure, which, wow, now I'm stepping on toes. We don't like to hear this. But the way of Jesus is not the way of control and success and higher, faster, greater, bigger, stronger. No. No. That's something else. The way of Jesus doesn't look like that. It doesn't often look like that. Dufour Montel says this, Because gentleness appears first as a failure. It infringes all the rules of social etiquette. The beings who demonstrate it are sometimes resistors, but they do not carry on the fight where it usually takes place. They are elsewhere, as incapable of betraying as they are of betraying themselves. Their power comes from an act that is always a way of being in the world. And the passion that arises from it comes from the emotion that only gentleness may liberate. It is another living. Living in the way of Jesus is saying no to so many things that look like success, that look like growth, that look like positive things that the world blesses with its money and its accolade. 
The further we get down that road, the further we get away from the way of Jesus and the way of gentleness. If you're listening to the Mars Hill podcast, you have to know it's not an anomaly. That's how you grow a church like that. That's how you grow a church that size. You can't be gentle and do that sort of thing. They don't go together. It's been shown time and again. And it's not just do for one tell. Uh, theologian and, and poet Kevin John Hart, not the Kevin Hart who's a actor. This is a different Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart says this. He says, this is formidably difficult. Every Christian is a failure. And the saints are more honest about it than the rest of us. No one can truly say, I am a Christian. The best we may say is, perhaps I will have been a Christian. That means perhaps it will be seen from the perspective of eternity that with the help of God, I have attended to the image of God in myself and others. We have to embrace failure as the world deems it in order to follow Jesus. That's part of the scandal of the cross. That's part of the scandal of the way of Jesus. And it comes closest to bear when we talk about gentleness. Because the world's not gentle. And it does not teach gentleness. And it does not honor gentleness. If you're going to live this way, if you're going to do this, you're going to be contrary to what the world deems successful. It's part of the deal. So solitude is required. Silence is required. Letting go of success and climbing ladders. There's no, there's no ladders in church to climb. Okay? There's none of that. And it also involves listening. Listening. As I've been saying for a while now, attending to these relationships is about listening. Listening to our own selves. Listening to our bodies and our emotions and our, our memories and our thoughts. Listening to each other listening to creation, listening to the Holy Spirit. Listening happens in gentleness. Gentleness facilitates listening. They go together. Dufourmontel says this, It is not one and the other who are listening to each other. It is actually listening that is unfolding between them. This gentleness arises because it connects two strangers who have become intimate once or twice a week, same time, same place. These strangers were once children whose thoughts, imagination, fears, longing, amazement, feelings of love are lodged in fragments of light in the body, in words, in what lights up their eyes. The power of listening is an activator in the folds of the psyche that are micro-recorders of the real. Listening watches over the unexpected. Isn't listening the gentlest expression of the unexpected, of chance, of encounter? What reaches you beyond the limits prescribed by your imagination? The undreamed of takes root in hope and undoes it at the same time it accomplishes it. It is a quality of the real, perhaps the most gentle quality. Is this why we want to avoid breaking in at all costs? I hope you've had conversations like that 
where it's so gentle and so intimate and you're getting to know someone so well and they're getting to know you and they're they're drawing things out of you you didn't even know were in there you had forgotten or not been able to fully express that's when we know we're getting somewhere when our eyes light up when we cry when we have those real conversations that we need to have more of that happens in gentleness it doesn't happen where there's no gentleness it doesn't happen where there's no close attention to each other this is when we're at our best as vineyard when we're in small groups listening to each other and we feel safe to share because it's a, an atmosphere of gentleness this is when the holy spirit can do real work in our lives when we're bearing the fruit of gentleness. And then look at this last encouragement that Duformontel gives us about the practice of gentleness. She says the opposite of gentleness is not brutality or violence itself. It is the counterfeit of gentleness. What perverts it by imitating it. All forms of compromise, diluted suavity, sentimental mush, all those slogans, suavely but firmly prescribed by a society in dire need of harmony, are dangerous counterfeits. More than brutality, they pervert its nature, or rather its connection. Because gentleness establishes a connection to the world, to the other, to the principle of life itself, from which it originates. There can't be any gentleness with injustice. There can't be any gentleness where we pretend things aren't what they are. Gentleness is about truth. It's about being present to what's really going on in our lives. It's not gentle to ignore someone else's suffering. We see this again in Gandhi and in Dr. King and hopefully in our own lives. When we learn how to work for justice and do it in gentleness. It's hard, but it's incredibly important that we attend to those things, that, that the practice of gentleness requires these. It requires being filled with the Spirit. We have to receive this from the Spirit. It requires uh, meaningful times of silence and solitude, where we're gentle with ourselves. Um, it requires this embrace of failure as the world deems failure. And, and not ever thinking we've achieved any status. So what, what Hart said, you know, I can't say I am a Christian. I can say, hopefully, it will be said that I was a Christian. I will have been a Christian. Um, and, and listening, deep, consistent listening to each other, to our, to our own selves, to the Holy Spirit, to what's going on in the world around us. Listening is the key. And creating that environment where it's safe where people can tell that we are known for our gentleness and that they are free to share what's really going on and attend to that reality, not papering it over with slogans and positivity, but really being gentle with the suffering of the world that is going on around us. No sentimental religious mush. I like that. I'm going to keep that phrase. That expresses well what I wanted to say many times. Um, and Paul says this in Colossians 3. 
He says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Put on gentleness as a robe. Ask the Spirit to fill us with gentleness, that we might bear the fruit of gentleness, that we may follow in Jesus and carry his yoke, that is light and easy and is marked by gentleness to everyone around us. So that's my hope and my prayer for us, is that we would be known for our gentleness, that we would do everything in a spirit of gentleness, in the Holy Spirit's gentleness. And if we can do that, if we can do that in our relationships with each other as a congregation, if we can do that with the people in our, in our families and in our workplaces that we interact with, if we can do that on social media, then, then um, I know, that's a challenge. Um, there's no telling what the Lord can do through us. Dufour Montel says this at the very end of her book. She said, It is sometimes inadvertently that a revolution takes place. An effect of extreme gentleness, barely different from other moments. And then life suddenly catches fire, is ablaze, but burning with inexplicable gentleness. As if suddenly you were taken by the hand along a precipice and needed not only to walk along the edge, but to dance. And yes, you dance without fear or vertigo, as if the very space took refuge in you. And then as if upon arriving on the other side, everything had changed, but without violence. Gentleness is what allows us to reach out to this stranger who comes to us in us. It is the voice that the poet collects and animates. It is placed there as part of the wild world because we harbor it within ourselves. It takes great gentleness to tame even a few moments of the stranger's intrusion. That's why we have to be gentle with ourselves because we remain a stranger to ourselves in many ways throughout our lives. We remain strangers to each other. We remain strangers to the world around us until we are infilled with the power of the Holy Spirit's gentleness to ourselves and to each other and to the world. And then we can come to be known and to know each other. So the power of gentleness is what makes our relationships into friendships. And may we walk in it as a congregation. Let's take communion together. If you've got something to eat, uh, lift that up. And as we hold these up together, this becomes the body of Jesus. The body that was, that was broken for us. Because Jesus would not resort to violence. This is what gentleness looks like. That's why it's failure at first. So hold this up with me and say this together. This is the body of Jesus. This is gentleness. 
eat gentleness together this morning. And take his cup together. And as we raise our glasses, this is the blood of Jesus. This is the rest for our souls that he promised. It comes through communion. It comes through fellowship. It comes through community. It comes through gentleness. So say with me, this is the blood of Jesus. This is rest for our souls. Drink together. I want to close with what Jesus said again. And I hope something that I've shared this morning will enable you to more fully receive and live into and live out this promise that Jesus gives us. When he says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. May it be so with us, dear Lord Jesus. Amen. I love you, friends. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Gainesville Vineyard Podcast. For more information about our church and community center, including our food pantry, life skills training, legal aid, after-school and sports programs, and international missions, and how to contact us, visit GainesvilleVineyard.org or find us on Facebook. Our page name is GN Vineyard. We also have original worship songs available on iTunes. Just search for Gainesville Vineyard. You can support the work we're doing by texting the word GIVE to 352-562-7771. All donations are tax deductible. We appreciate you listening to this message and pray the Spirit speaks directly to you through something you've heard today. God bless.